Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you may take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you look at a different version of forgiveness as it pertains to your grief. I'll also be interviewing musician Ron Anthony, who shares his story of personal tragedy and how it has helped change the loss for children with special needs. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you may not yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each composition is written like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores a character's grief and loss. And just like in any book, the story explores a character's heartache and eventually he finds healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, explores a character's personal development. He has an awakening, and in that awakening, he recognizes all the things in his life which aren't healthy, and it helps him come to a place of restoration, being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase both albums on iTunes or any other digital music store. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the piece you're currently hearing is from the second album, Restoration, entitled Restoration. Forgiving through your grief. Unfortunately, we all will experience something in our life which causes tremendous grief. And in that moment, it's very natural to experience all the stages of grief. But one of the most difficult things is if that grief then becomes our lifestyle, it becomes our mentality. In other words, it permeates all of our thoughts and all of our actions. And all of a sudden we become this person who's lost their way and they no longer see anything else. After the stages of grief are experienced, it then becomes our responsibility to decide what we're going to do with that grief or even that situation. I really want to validate whatever you've experienced in your life. It is one of the most difficult things because when you look at it, it is unfair. What people have done to you, what you've experienced in your life is not something that you would ever do to somebody else. So when you think about it yourself, you think this makes no sense. And the reality is it doesn't make any sense. There is a fancy term in psychology that's called radical acceptance. Radical acceptance basically means we accept the facts as they are, but by no means we are condoning what has happened to us or we agree with it or we're accepting what's happened. All it simply says is we're accepting the facts as they are in this moment. When we accept the facts as they are, that then removes the emotion from the situation, which then puts the responsibility back on us to basically say, now what? What am I going to do with this? One of the most difficult things is to look at the reframe of any situation. In other words, looking at it in a different way. And one of the ways to look at it is through a lens of forgiveness. I'm sure many people listening to me right now will think, well, James, this person did this to me or this happened to me that there's no way I can forgive them. And you're absolutely right. It makes no sense why you would forgive them. But when we look at forgiveness in a different way, it helps you understand that you have a responsibility to yourself to come up with many different options. And what I mean by that is this. When we use radical acceptance, in other words, we accept the facts as they are, we then realize, well, if I continually have this situation be at the forefront of my mind, that is all I'm going to think about. 
So in other words, all the other hopes and dreams that I had and all the things I wanted to accomplish in my life are not going to be fully realized because there's a portion of my life that is stunted from what has happened to me. And when you look at this more a release for yourself as opposed to a release from that person or what they've done, it then helps you to look at this in a different way. When you forgive someone, it's not something that happens one time and then you move on with your life. It is a mindset. It is a way of life. Forgiving someone allows you to not have to think about it all the time. It allows you not to focus on whatever happened to you. And when you do that, that's when you can fill your life with those goals and hopes and dreams that you have for yourself. In a physiological way, it's really important for us to understand that when we harbor any form of resentment or anger or bitterness, when that is actually internalized in our body based off of our thoughts, that actually causes our body to shut down. It literally causes your body to have ulcers and will have other types of negative ailments that will come out of the resentment that you internalize within your body. When you hold on to something longer than the five stages of grief, unfortunately, it will distract you and cause you never to reach your highest potential. You have a choice in front of you today. Forgiving through your grief is one of the hardest things, but is one of the most freeing things. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the academy entitled Spirit, Mind, Body, The Perfect Triad. This non-religious course helps you understand how your intuition, or rather your gut, your logic, and your body all work together to help you overcome any obstacle you may face. Enroll in the class today. Ron Anthony is a Christian R&B hip-hop artist from Atlanta who has a heartbreaking tale of the loss of his special needs son, Aaron. Because of Aaron, Ron has begun several initiatives to benefit special needs kids. He is also working to change laws about caregivers of special needs children. Hear his inspirational tale of tragedy and triumph with us today. Welcome to my show, Ron. Yes, I am so glad to be here. Yes, thank you so much for joining with us today. I was reviewing your biography and I was, I was literally moved to tears and I was reading it earlier today when I saw the heartache that you experienced. I mean, it seemed as if your life was totally on top of the world and then you experienced this heartbreaking tragedy. So one of the great things I love about lifeology itself is just simply the reframe of life, looking at it differently. What do we overcome? How do we spin something indifferent to find triumph and hope through something that is so devastating? So I'm really honored that you would be with us today to share your story. Thank you. I am so honored to be here. And just to let you know, this is a part of my healing process. That's wonderful. I'm I'm really glad that we could be a part of that as well. Yes. So tell us a little bit about you. So you have have some fascinating backstories. And, you know, some people may know who you are. Some people, this may be the first time hearing about you. Well, musically, I was uh, singing at the age of three with my, with the family gospel group called the Family Voices of West Jupiter. Oh, wow. (laughs) And with my mom and all her siblings and grandfather, we just traveled. And the only thing I did was shake the shakers. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) At the time, I started realizing, well, I could do this. And so I kind of hummed a little bit. and, And it just moved from there. They started allowing me to sing. And then they realized oh, well, he can sing. And so it started from there. And it's just, it's been uphill, you know, ever since until the the tragedy. Mm-hmm. But it's, musically, it's been great. I love to, um, that's, that's how I started, you know, with my family in the gospel. Now, as you kind of moved up through the ranks of your musical career, you were signed with many different record labels. How did you find your own self? Because as you're going through these things, you know, you're, you're maybe out front, you're doing, you're doing a show or you're maybe getting more notoriety. How did you stay grounded through all that? Life. 
(laughs) (laughs) Because different things that happen, you know, being that I, you know, I've studied a lot of different books, the Bible, um, Mm -hmm. science of mind, um, all type of uh, Buddha books. I've Mm -hmm. just studied, studied, studied. And I've learned that it keeps me grounded from within. Yes. And if you're grounded from within, you'll be able to get through anything on the outside. Yes. And that's how I stay grounded, just from studying and just learning and looking. See, I, I wear this shirt called I See You, But You Can't See Me. Hmm. <laughs> and that's so, interesting. Yes, I can see from within. And so if something's coming at me, I will already know it. Uh, yeah. Yes. And so with that, with your faith, that's what's always bolstered or maybe helped your self-confidence or just kind of giving that, that intuition or that ability yes. to say, well, wait a minute, something seems a little off. Let me right. stop and reflect. But I think yes. that's a really good point because so many times people don't do that. They just go on through the day. They're so hectic and they're just going and going and going. And they don't realize that perhaps if they had taken a little bit of time to stop and reflect or maybe ah. check in with themselves, that they would have that awareness of maybe they're slightly off path of the way they should be going. And pretty soon they wake up one day and they're in a completely different uh, mindset than what they thought they would have been when they first started out in their career. Right. So now you were, when you were moving forward in your career, you actually were the host of a BET TV show, correct? Yes. Def- yes. So tell us more about that. Now the TV show, it was called Star Power. And what, we, what I did there, well, I was actually going to be an artist at the time and so they put me on the shelf until until the producers and all of that so in the midst of that the guy asked me who i was working with asked me if i wanted to do a show and you'll be able to sing on the show i said okay let's do it and so i didn't know it was going to be a beat on bet i was just ready to do something because i moved from florida to be sitting on the shelf and so yeah and so after that you know it just you know, it was great because I was able to sing and I was interviewing a lot of people that were celebrities and they were just t- kind of like what you're doing here. But they were uh-huh. telling the story yeah. about how they got started and all the, the tragedies and different things mm. that they went through. Then they would perform. Wow. And so you could really hear their heart even more, you know, having a deeper yes. side of who they are and just right. seeing the, the depth of who they are. Wow. What a beautiful, what a beautiful job that you had. I mean, the sense of you got to see all that and hear that and just, and also just see them perform. And it, I'm sure it shed a completely different light on who those celebrities were. Yes. Yes. Because my grandmother, she used to always, always tell me, you are just so nosy. <laughs> <laughs> so I would ask questions that, so I was really being nosy. Yeah. I wanted to know. So that's what made me the type of person to never, I never thought I would actually be on, be a talk person that would ask questions or mm-hmm. do any of the things that I was doing. And so that led me to the Oscars and to wow, all I saw that. things. And I just never thought being nosy was, was a good thing. <laughs> it's amazing to have those gifts when they're matured yeah. and they're developed and they always can work out in the right way. <laughs> but there is a blessing and a burden to every gift we have. Yeah. <laughs> that is so funny. <laughs> now, at this stage in your life, I'm sure your life probably felt just at peace or felt exciting. Yes. I mean, it was it was um, singing. I was singing with Dottie Peoples and mm. I was actually singing and working at a corporate office at the same time. And I was really just making money and doing everything I wanted to do in life yeah. and, and and married. All of that was going on. And 
just having a great time. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, I want to, I, I can't wait to talk about your son because a little bit that I was able to read, he sounded like a phenomenal young man. So tell us about Aaron. Aaron, he, well, actually, Aaron was, he had cerebral palsy uh-huh. and he didn't walk or talk. Uh, but he would, you know, he, we, he would communicate with us. And it's like, it's kind of like how you communicate with God. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you know, you know, you know. So with Aaron, it was like communicating with God because mm-hmm. he, couldn't talk to us, but he would express things in through the waves. Oh. That's deep. Yeah. And so that's how I learned spirituality because he taught me hmm. something was going on. Now we wouldn't know exactly what was going on, but we knew something was going on. And so like if he wanted, if he, we knew he liked blue, the color blue, because a little, little things that we used to do. Well, if you, if you like blue, then do this or try to. I used to just do things like that with him or pick up your hand or do something because I knew that that part of his brain was working. It's mm-hmm. just his physical part wasn't. Yeah. And he couldn't speak. But, you know, and then I would sing. I would do a concert, you know, a real concert, <laughs> um, you know, and he would enjoy that. So I know he was creative. Yeah. Wow. So he was he because he's a part of, you know, my family, my wife's family and our family is really creative. Every one of us, all of us would sing. So mm. he would he would hum or. Oh, wow. To, yeah. He would try to say something or, you know, I would make him, you know, just keep going over and over and over and he would do it. So I knew that was working. So sure. he was a beautiful soul. Oh, wow. And he said, so he was able to move his hand in the waving yeah. component. Okay. And so was he, with that was, so the subtle movements of that really made you, and maybe even the, the erratic movements as well, really made you look at all what that spectrum was and the depth yeah. of one single gesture. Wow. What an amazing gift he gave you to teach you how to stop and slow down yeah. and really look at what is going on as opposed to glossing over something. Right. Right. And he taught me patience mm. and taught me love because, you know, you, and you have to have compassion yeah. with, you know, with the child with cerebral palsy. So you have to carry them and hold them. And, you know, I used to lay him on, on, on my chest mm. at stage and, you know, he would love it. And that, <laughs> you know, that was a beautiful part of yes, it. Yes, it is beautiful. And he, Oh, and with his mom, I mean, Aaron, she kept him best dress mm. <laughs> dress of the nines yes he used to have all the name brands and and you know we've had people ask well why do you buy that for him well why wouldn't you like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me why would you not jokes. yeah we're always like why not yeah Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, it is always interesting to me how, you know, when people have different disabilities or different struggles in life that people forget that they're just as a beautiful human, just like anybody else. And they deserve just as much as, as everybody else. And so, you know, for whatever reason why people say that, and it's not my place to judge, but I'm glad to see that you, you and your wife obviously treated him as if he was, which he is an amazing, amazing young man. That's wonderful. Yes. And then tragedy struck though. Yes. What happened? Yes, he, well, at the time, we didn't know that he was being abused Mm. in Fulton County School District, and so allegedly abused. And so what happened during the 2006, they covered it up. It was so many different kids being abused, and Aaron was a part of it. 
So we never knew. We just knew that we were taking him back and forth to the doctor because his hip was broken or out of out of whack. And then we he we I learned that the teacher passed gas in their face, oh, threw Aaron out of the wheelchair, locked him in a room. It was a lot of different things. She played his his cries back to him, kind of oh, like torture. And see, we didn't know anything about this. So I didn't find out until the second abuse at another school in the same district. And so this is another teacher. And so when it, at this particular school, Aaron, you know, as they grow with cerebral palsy or muscular dystrophy, they grow to the right. And mm -hmm. so his body was adjusted that way because he was, I guess he was trying to hold his head up so that he could breathe. And so she, when we would turn the TV, I mean, well, turn him, we would have to turn him toward the door, even though he was looking at the TV. Mm -hmm. So it was like an L shape. So, but she, this teacher, took a back brace, ripped it apart, and took his neck and forced it to look at her as like a normal child. Mm -hmm. And she put a belt around his neck to hold it. And... We didn't know at the time. So Aaron had a nurse. I fussed so much because he would come home the bus that his head would be dropping or, you know, he could break his neck because he didn't have muscles at all. Yeah. And so he had his own bus at that time when we switched it over. So he had a nurse at the first. She was telling us everything. And then they fired her. So we got another nurse. And then she told us the same story. Mm. So I started investigating. Yeah. So we, I noticed bruises on his neck and on his hands and all of these things. So she called, I don't know if she called me or my wife, but for some, some kind of way, I got to the school from some, one of them telling me that Aaron was, um, had this thing on his neck. So I went up there and I caught it mm. and I took a picture of it. I seen it myself and I didn't say anything. I just, you know, I, I asked Aaron, I said, Aaron, is this the lady that did this to you? And he said, uh-huh. Mm. They didn't know that he would communicate. Oh, wow. He would, yeah, he would only communicate with people that he trusts. And so after that, I um, everything, the ball started rolling then. And by the time I got to the doctor to get a letter, because they were still doing it, and I got the letter, but that week, that's when Aaron died. Oh. It constricted his airwaves. And so, you know, with that being said, when she showed me all of the, I didn't learn that all this had happened to after the funeral. Oh my gosh. I'm, yes. And I met, I met one of the parents up at this place. And when she showed me the stack of papers and the tapes that the school had, had an external internal investigation and covered it up. I had a heart attack and had open heart surgery. Mm. I, I, I just, first off, I want to thank you so much for your transparency and, yes. and sharing with us this horrific story. I mean, I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine what that one must be like for you all. Um, but to sit here on national radio and talk about this, we, I first, we honor, we honor your grief. We honor the loss of your son and the beautiful memory of your amazing young man. How did you and your wife, if I may ask, cause I do want to protect your grief, but how did Hearing this, you know, on the backside of that, not knowing anything, 
And finding out afterwards, after his funeral, of course you had a heart attack, but I can't even imagine how you would compartmentalize that in your mind, the beautiful young man that he was, and then, being re- and then him passing. How would you even navigate through your grief? Well, it's a lot of, the, like I was saying, the, well, my wife, she can't. Mm. I mean, she's just, she threw everything away. I mean, she won't talk. Even now, I think that she needs help because it means, you know, it's help as far as getting her life back together. Sure. And, and my listeners totally understand that. I mean, all of us yeah. would need help through this, of course. Yes. Now, with me, it was a different story because I take things spiritually really. I mean, when you tell me something spiritual, I'm going to do it. And be, and because I've been through a illness, you know, where I died mm-hmm. and it brought me back and then I was, you know, killed with the open heart surgery yeah. and I didn't wake up, but I came back. <laughs> All of it. All of this and the waves and talking to this 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 audible voice, you know, telling me I have Aaron. So mm. I'm fine. Yeah. And I knew that I just knew that Aaron was in a place, he was with his creator. Yes. And so it was kind of hard for them to come at me because every time they would come at me, I would have something to say that was spiritual. Mm. So in the midst of my transformation from, you know, life to death, death to life and all of that, God restored me instantly through the open heart surgery. Wow. So a lot of memory I don't have. Mm. And, and I really think that goes back to that whole part of, you know, I said, what, what, how, what kept you grounded? You said life and your, your study of, of God and of different, yes. of just the world around you. And, you know, I always, I always tell people, not only on a personal level, but just uh, when, I, when I talk with people about their own spirituality is God, and that's who I, who I call the creator of the universe is, is, is who I believe in. And in that, it's, he always gives us what we need before we need it. You know, we yeah. don't realize that there's so many things that happen in our life, but we already have the answer before even the situation happened or the answer was already prepared for us before the situation even happened. And that's one thing I, you know, whether people believe the same thing I believe or not is is irrelevant in in this moment as I talk about my own faith. But the point is, is that when you believe in something that's greater than yourself and that there is, when tragedy strikes, it's not because of him, but everything is used as a reframe to help those around us, to help the people understand uh, that there's hope, there's always hope. And there's always, there's always a way to navigate life to such a degree that it brings healing and wholeness and hope to the people around us. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, even with my wife, I have to preach to her because that's, I mean, when you learn and you know, and you know what you know, then there's nothing else. I mean, my my mission is to let people know that you have to forgive people. Yes. You have to forgive no matter what it is, life, death, with, with these people that knew about it and did this to Aaron. In order for me to move forward, I had to forgive. And I did it quickly. Yeah. And I think the key point there is 
it's not that you have to, it's you choose to. You have to in the sense of, and these are my words, not yours. I know, I know exactly what you meant by that. But what I, what I want my listeners to hear is it's a choice we make to forgive someone. We don't, have to, we don't have to forgive them. But as we've talked about before in previous episodes, I've talked about how the forgiveness aspect itself is really the release of you of what's happened because that will always bring you back. That situation that you experience will always bring you back to that time. And you'll never be able to wholly and completely move to the, the person that you were destined or person you were designed to be because there's going to be a part of you that's always stuck back there. And when that, when we choose to make that decision, that comes back to our own internal awareness, our internal power of what we're going to focus on through, you know, whether that's if God's helping you or anything else is helping a person, but that choice is something we have the power to make. And sometimes even the responsibility to make, to be able to become that person that in our own heart, we've always wanted to be, or know that we should be, or that we will become. Right. Right. Yes. And, you know, with me, it was it was like I just knew, you know, I knew that everything was fine. And I knew that, you know, with with God and all of the, you know, everything that I've ever learned and the the being within me, I knew that it was it was time for me to go on this journey. Mm -hmm. And the journey is to let people know, you know, what happened. Yeah. And even in the midst of changing the laws with um, different ones, we, we managed to change the law. We managed to, to, to get cameras in the classroom for special. Oh, wow. That's wonderful. Yes. Yes. I was a part of that. Mm. And I never knew that with me speaking from Florida, Jupiter, Florida, and the way that we're, we're from the South. So I'm like, God, you really want me to go up to <laughs> Representative Stovall and work with her? Me, my voice? And, you know, and he was like, yes, yes, you you go up and you go to that Capitol and you tell them your story and you do this and you do that. because." And I chose to do it. And the, everybody told us, they told us it wasn't, oh, you're not going to get those cameras. You're not going to get those cameras. But I already knew that we were going <laughs> to Yes, yes. And that's, and I think that's where when we remove the level of the fear and the worry and the doubt of what may or may not be based off of what we believe in our heart, that God or a higher power, whomever has told us, when removing that, that, that fear, that anxiety opens up a whole new level of confidence of our ability to really focus on the words we should use or how we're going to present ourselves when we're up there in front of talking to people. So I like to look at it also in a practical way in the sense of when you truly believe something in your heart, the faith that you have in whatever it is, that yeah. is really going to be the testament that you don't have to worry about something because faith is something that you believe to be true, you hope to be true, even though you don't yet see it. And so wow. that is that, that unmistakable confidence that we have regardless and that peace that we have regardless of what the world looks like around us that it's going to work out and that's something that I, I some people have experienced some people have it but I want people to know that when you truly believe something that's tr powerful that's right that's true in your heart if you find yourself waffling or starting to worry you know you're looking at a different component I talk about faith versus fear you know the faith component I have two ways I can look I can look to the right which is my faith and what I believe to be true or I can look to the fear which is the unknown and that anxiety they both ask us to do the same thing believe in something we don't yet know so that it goes back to that choice we talked about you believe in the choice you make and which direction you're going to face determines how successful you're going to be and how confident you're going to be when you go through that trial. Yes. Yes. And I, I just thank God that I made it through. Wow. And, and, and I wouldn't sit here and say that it was 
an easy road because mm-hmm. there were thoughts that I really had to cast down. And <laughs> I can't even, you know, Ron, when I heard all this, I, I can't even, I can't even imagine. I mean, I, 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 I just can't imagine. And I'm sure my listeners are like, what? <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you say in the sense of there were things, of course, that you had to work through. I think sometimes people be like, oh, well, he didn't have any problems. Of course, you're not saying that. Of course, that's well, not minimizing the beauty of, of your son and all that's happened. So I want them to hear, you know, that, that there is that part of you that is just like everybody else yeah. who has that rage, who has that, yeah. those feelings. But your choice that you made and you continually make, because I'm sure it's not a choice you made one time and you're over and done with it. It is. Yes. And I, I can't even imagine that. We only have a few more minutes, but I wanted you to talk about this wonderful nonprofit organization that you are helping uh, to advocate for children with disabilities. Yes. I'm Aaron Hatches. They can't talk, but we can is an organization. And what we do, we um, just like we were with um, Representative Stovall and Lala Dunson, they were were fighting to get cameras in the classroom. So what we we came aboard and in my sleep, it came to me, okay, we'll tell them to do use this. Cameras in the classroom will it will protect the students from being abused and the teachers from being accused. Mm, that's so great. When we, yes, when that came to me, that's what did it. And we also we have the special needs rock awards. This is my third year. And what I do is give I give um, the special needs community and the teachers and the lawmakers an award. Mm. Yes, every year. I give them an award, even though, you know, it's not the way we want it. But the best way to do it is to present our special needs and our elderly, present it, present them to let people know, hey, we're here, too. They get to walk across the red carpet. Some would roll across (laughs) the And we just have a good time. We have my celebrity friends come out and it's a lot of different things. I'm working with um, different organizations to to help, you know, to help them get through the most trying times in their lives. And I speak to a lot of people about that. Yeah. Well, Ron, you have a, an amazing story of, of tragedy, but also hope and inspiration. And I want to thank you once again. Once again, I want to really Thank you for your transparency as you shared your grief, but also your your hope and what's happening in your life right now. So thank you for that. And if my listeners would like to find out more information about you, where would they find your information online? Actually, you can go to they can't talk, but we can inc dot org or ronanthony.com, which is R A H N A N T H O N I. And I'm on Facebook, Twitter all of the social media under that name, Ron Anthony. Excellent. Well, Ron, thank you once again for being a guest on my show today. Thank you, and I appreciate it. I also want to thank you, my listener, for joining with me today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with me. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for my newsletter, enroll in the Lifeology Academy, watch my YouTube episodes, and read all the articles I've written just for you. If you'd like to become a guest or advertise on my show, simply visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. You may also follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Have a fantastic day, and I look forward to speaking with you very soon.